What is going on, people? Welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. I apologise for the delay in the release of this episode. Obviously, if you're listening to this in the future, then it's not going to matter to you. But for those that listen on a weekly basis, I am sorry. I didn't feel like creating last week. You'll have noticed on the Instagram, I went a bit quiet. Um, I was in a little bit of a flunk. And I think the important thing is when you're in a flunk is not to repress it, not to push it away, but to actually feel it. And that's what I did. I managed to get my mojo back 20 meters below the surface of the sea on a free diving course. It was pretty wild being that far down on one breath. It was super humbling. Um, and it just made me realize sort of how small I am in the world and that there are definitely places where there are no problems, um, which was really, really helpful for me. I think there's something about being underwater that is so good for your mental health and certainly for mine. I'll explain a little bit later in the episode why I was in a flunk, but just let you know, not in it anymore, so we're good to go. The book review today will be on I Am Malala. Um, it's a book about Malala Yousafzai, the girl, woman, who was shot in the head by the Taliban at a very young age whilst campaigning for girls' rights in education. But before we get into the review, as always, a quick word from our sponsors. I'll keep it short and sharp because therapy is not something that I can tell people to go to as much as I try to. Um, I do believe therapy should be for everyone, but the podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, they provide an online therapy service for millions of people around the world. All of their therapists are licensed and qualified with a master's degree or above. You'll be contacted by a therapist within 48 hours of your application. If you don't like that therapist, you're more than welcome to chop and change them until you find the right one. And I can't stress how important it is that you find the right therapist because this person is going to help you get to know you. And it's really, really important that you like them. Um, so make sure if you do end up using the affiliate link that you you like the therapist so that you can get the most out of it for you in the future because future you will look back and thank the you that was clicking on that link on that day so if you're looking at going to therapy and you think the time is right to take charge of your mental health you will get 10% off as an a need to read listener you just go to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read get you 10% off your first month, which roughly is around £20 off. I honestly believe if everyone did eight weeks of therapy, the world would be a better place, but I obviously can't force you to do that. So if the time's right, the time is right. The link is in the description if you can't be bothered to type it in. But that's it on the sponsors. Let's have a chat about the book. Now, I Am Malala was a very eye-opening book for me. I think in the West, we are sheltered and we're only shown snippets of what goes on in the world in terms of what the news decide to show. And I'm not saying that from a point of, um, oh, the news are censoring things, but you, you don't get to really understand what these people in, in countries like Pakistan, the war-torn countries, actually go through. Um, but to hear a first-hand account from a girl who, at the age of 12, was shot in the head by the Taliban for nothing more than the fact that she just wanted to go to school with her friends and to have her human right to an education is absolutely mental. Now, at the age of 10, Malala Yousaf had, had found her voice and, and was campaigning already for girls' rights and education. She lived in northern Pakistan 
um, in one of Swat's sort of largest cities. The name of it escapes me. Look, I don't I don't do notes for these episodes. I just go off what's in my head because then I get I get a better understanding um, of sort of where my brain's gonna go. But yeah, I think she she lived in northern Pakistan. At one point, when the Taliban had sort of occupied the city, her and her family had to leave. Her dad ran a school there. They weren't a particularly rich family, um, but obviously as the school started to do better, they did have access to a little bit more money. But yeah, the Taliban occupied her city, her town, and she had to leave. So at the age of, I think it was 11, for three months, she was out of her home city. She couldn't go to school. She had to go and stay somewhere even further away from her home for three months, living with strangers, um, living with dis- distant sort of relatives. And that wasn't just on her own, that was with her mum, her dad, her two brothers. Like one was seven years younger than her, one was two years younger than her. And can you imagine, like I've, I've got cousins, I can't imagine having to walk somewhere for our safety. And not only would that be super, super scary, but I bet they'd be super fucking annoying to have to take kids because I'm, I'm sure they didn't understand imagine how confusing it would be at what would the kids have been about five and, and, and nine years old whilst Malala was 11 the questions they'd be asking and sometimes I think as parents and I'm sure I've probably learned from my parents is is you don't know why I'm sure there's no manual for people in these countries of how to deal with it when the Taliban occupy your town and how to deal with the questions that your kids are going to pose to you after three months they were it was safe ish for them to head back to Swat her father had been receiving constant death threats from the Taliban for allowing girls to go to school Malala was then receiving threats from the Taliban it wasn't safe for them to go out so for her as a, as a young girl to be terrified of her father's safety every time he left the house and, and worried for her own safety you, you can't like obviously I can read the book and I can kind of get an understanding on a surface level of of how her and her family were feeling but without living through this experience I will struggle to comprehend the the weight in which that problem can and sort of carry for someone of that age someone of any age to be told right you can't go to school or we're going to kill you it's it's messed up that there are places in the world where this is still going on the Taliban around the time it's around 2010 had blown up 200 schools in Pakistan now if there was that in England there'd be uproar but this just this just seems to just go on around the world. And I mean, people obviously care, but is is enough being done? I'm not too sure. Um, not to get political, but like the wars going on in these countries. Malala said to Barack Obama, which I mean, fair play to her. She's like, can you stop bombing our countries? Every time you kill one bad person with a drone, you're taking out 10, 15 innocent people. And I'm sure that she'd lost friends and and distant relatives due to drone strikes from the West on on the Taliban, which is pretty intense. It's it's quite a weird topic to talk about because obviously, like I said, I can't comprehend it. What words can I use to describe the terror in which these people lived in? 
on a day-to-day basis. It it didn't make sense. Like for for an example, um, Faz Fazlullah, I'll, I'll, I've got the name wrong there, but the the man who led the um, group from the Islamic sort of um, fundamentalist group, the Taliban in that area, he wouldn't let women go to market, wouldn't let girls go to school. He banned music. These people giving their version of Sharia law, which, I mean, it's up for interpretation, but I'm pretty sure the interpretation as a general rule for the rest of the world is that you can still listen to music and that girls can go to school nowadays because, as with many other religions, they've sort of they've moved with the time. I've never met um, a Muslim person that I haven't liked and they get a real bad rep because of the Taliban. And it's where people are encouraged to be racist because of the fear that the Taliban put into the world. Like when I read Utopia for Realists, people in America are terrified of terrorist attacks, which has led to a lot of racism towards um, like sort of Middle Eastern people, people of um, Muslim descent. And the chances of getting killed in a terrorist attack, if you took out 9-11, there was only 41 deaths due to terrorist attack between 1975 and 2015. I mean, there's a lot of people in America, and 41 people, you're more likely to get hit by a car walking across the road. It's absolutely mental, and it's, it is a shame. A shame is what a word to use for something that is so serious. It's, it's, um, it's a strange one. Now, the book, to, to talk about it, I think when you, when you read these people's accounts and you get to understand Malala as a person, you do understand that she was just a little girl. All she wanted to do was go to school. She was a bit of a nerd, I think. Like you could, when, when reading the book, you understand just how much she loved school. And nerd, I'm not using that in a negative way. Like the girl just loved it. She loved books. And you know what? I respect that. I wish I was like that at, at 12 years old. I wish I was brave enough um, to stand up for anything in life as much as much as she did. So, yeah, Malala Yousaf, what an absolute hero. She ended up winning a Nobel Prize for her campaigning efforts. And she, she's not stopping. She wants girls' education to be a fundamental right for people around the world. And do you know what, Malala? I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. There, uh, this is quite a weird thing, is uh, my friend Zara, shout out Zara, has been on FaceTime to Malala because she goes to Cambridge, I believe, and she knows someone that my friend Zara knows. So she was on FaceTime to her, which is absolutely crazy. Um, she is just a person at the end of the day, although she now gives massive speeches to the UN, to people all around the world campaigning for... Um, girls' rights and education, but she is just a person. I think it's very easy for us normal people to forget that these famous people, these celebrities, these campaigners, like this Greta Thunberg, like she's just a person. She's just a girl with a voice. And I think that was one of the key themes throughout the book is that Malala believed that everyone should have a voice and that when the world is silent, your voice is only louder. She believed that it was her sort of purpose from God to campaign and unfortunately or fortunately for her in terms of where it's 
the attention that it's brought to the issue is that in 2012, the, a Taliban operative or soldier, I wouldn't want to call him a soldier, some Taliban dickhead got on her school bus, asked who Malala was. As soon as some of her friends had looked at her, she looked up and she was shot in the head. Now the bullet, very luckily, missed her brain and just kind of went through her temple and down into her shoulder. She was super fortunate to have survived that. And when she was shot in the head, she went to hospital. She was moved to another hospital. Unfortunately, there was an English doctor um, in Pakistan at the time. And she was transferred to a hospital in Birmingham. And when she got to Birmingham, she was there for three weeks alone without her family. And when she woke up, she was just constantly worried about who was going to pay for it, who was going to pay for the operations. And I think the Pakistani government paid for it in the end. But it just goes to show, like, she cared so much for her family. That's what she was worried about. Like, she was shot in the head and she was worried about how they were going to afford it. It just makes, um, makes you feel like your problems are small in life for us in the west like we do have it easy now granted our problems are all relative and it doesn't take away from the fact that they are problems and that we have a right to feel what we feel about our problems but i do think it's good to read books like this from time to time just to get a bit of perspective it's like man's search for meaning um because I'm, I'm sure none of us or well i'm i would i would hope to meet her one day it would be pretty cool but i probably won't and it's nice to adopt these people who have been through extreme hardship as mentors through reading their biographies or autobiographies because you never know what the power of a mentor will be. Now, I'm going to come back on to mentors um, in a moment, and I don't want to talk too much um, about what goes on in the book because I think if, if, from what I've said already, about 10 minutes, you should get an understanding on whether or not you want to have a read of the book. I would recommend it. Um, it is good to get an understanding of what goes on around the world and to everyone tells you what to care about on the internet nowadays but I think it's good that you make your own decision on what you want to care about and reading this book um, might just add another thing you care about a little more into your life now mentors um, and talking about why I was in a bit of a flunk that, that's my bit done for the book view um, it is, it's a good book I definitely would recommend reading it for perspective. Like I said about biographies, you, you read these to, to get new mentors in life um, that you're not going to get to meet. And unfortunately, last week, I lost a mentor um, from my life. I'd, I'd worked with a guy called Paul for about three years, and he was the one that first got me into meditation he was the one that first got me to start journaling and he influenced a lot of my sort of early reads and unfortunately at the age of 40 which is is far too young he passed away he got covid on the friday passed away on the sunday now it sent me into a week of deep thought and reflection i am a thinker i do think intensely about things when they come up and I just thought about all the people in my life that I hadn't really recognized were mentors and I never got a chance to really sort of say to him thank you so much for the influence and the positive influence that he'd had on my life he was an absolute legend and for me when I was 
a bit of an arrogant dickhead at 22, 23, working in sales, thinking I was Billy Big Bollocks because I was earning money. He humbled me from time to time and he, like he, he really gave me a slap on the wrist every now and then and, and got me into journaling, got me into meditation and has made me such a better person. So um, I feel a bit emotional talking about it, but you've got to take care of the people that have a big influence on your life, I would say, because especially at times like these, you don't know when they will be taken. So take care of the people that have taken care of you. And even if you don't get the opportunity to take care of them, just make sure you thank people from time to time because you never know when you will have that opportunity taken from you. So that is why I was in a bit of a flunk last week. On on the day that I found out, I did a bit of journaling. I sat there, listened to some classical music, um, had a cry and wrote pretty much three pages about like the influence that he'd had on my life and, and what I'd have said to him if I, if I'd given the opportunity. So um, that's why I was in a bit of a flunk. So I, I, I had actually tried to record this episode three times last week, but I just ended up speaking about Paul for so long, pretty much like I'm doing now. But um, now I feel like I'm I'm all right and I'm not I'm not crying. Although I did crack up a little few seconds ago, but I managed to get through. So um, that's it for for me for today. I'll, I'll be splitting the episodes up into seasons again. When I reach episode seventy, I will be taking a little break just to get a bit ahead of myself um, to record a few guest episodes, record a few book reviews. So there'll be a week or a week or two, um, maybe without an episode, but it won't be long and then the content will be on a more continuous level so they won't have to have a missed week should anything come up in the future. Obviously, hopefully it won't, but there will be a constant flow of episodes without me having to um, miss a day or miss a few. So thank you very much for listening. If you have enjoyed the episode and you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave a review. I have signed up to a thing now called buymeacoffee.com. It's a way for you to support the podcast if you want to. You absolutely don't have to. Um, but on there, it's called Buy Me A Book. It'll be a fiver. Um, if you'd want to support the podcast and give me a fiver, I'd be super, super grateful. But look, if you don't, I mean, I don't care. It's absolutely fine. If you're, if you're getting value from it and you can spare it, sure, go ahead. But look, it's tough times. People losing their jobs. I'm I'm not doing this for the money. I'm doing this to try and encourage people to read. So um, get reading. That's the number one thing I want you to do. Look, if you want to give me a fiver, I'll put it towards books. I promise I won't spend it on drugs. Um, that's it. I hope, I hope you enjoyed the episode. I still feel like I, I've got a little bit to go until I'm super, super back in um, and with my mojo. But look, you're all legends. Thank you very much for listening. Make sure you get reading this week. Give yourself time. Give yourself space. And thank the people that have a positive influence on your life. Because, like I said, you don't know when they'll be ripped away from you. And you won't be able to do that anymore. <laughs> but to end it on a positive note, you're all fucking legends. Love you. Bye-bye.